Um, please join me in the word of prayer as we pray for the Sunday school teachers, us here, and God's message. Lord, we thank you for bringing all of us here this evening. Thank you for this privilege, Lord God, to be able to learn about you, your ways, and your will for us, Lord God, and to be able to fellowship with our fellow believers, Lord God, without fearing for our lives, Lord God. We thank you for this building. We thank you for your people. Lord, right now, Lord, I ask, Lord, that you bless and override my preparations, Lord God. Let it be you and you alone, Lord God. Speak to your people tonight. Father, give me the wisdom. Give all of us the wisdom. Let your Holy Spirit in your people, Lord God, be the one to give them the clarity of your message. Lord, whatever that we don't know, Lord God, let us reveal it to us. Whatever that we are doing wrong, Lord God, reveal it to us so we can stop doing it. And give us the power, Lord God, to obey you and to submit to your will. Speak to us, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. You know, I was... Uh, uh, I was telling Pastor Doug here that um, he picked the perfect time. Him and uh, Pastor Kevin here, they picked the perfect time to be here tonight because this was the evening. This was the afternoon. I didn't study well. <laughs> I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, there's, there's always pressure, right? There's always pressure, but uh, all the more now because I have, uh, I have my mentors here watching me. So, But, you know, we all have an audience of one correct? And that audience is, is Jesus Christ, and we are supposed to be concerned about Him. We're still in our series of uh, pursuit of happiness, and I, you know, this is, our, our, this series is to expose the idols, the idols that um, our society and our culture have stumbled into. And us, sadly, even us believers have not noticed it and we're embracing these idols um, tonight this is the pursuit of the weekend <laughs> the weekend right you know you always see it tgif thank god it's friday right or you always see people post it like i can't wait for friday it seems like it seems like the weekend is what answers all their prayers it seems like it's it's you know it's the light at the end of the tunnel Correct, you know, and, and also I want us to discuss, look at the weekend as, as vacations and trips. The weekend and the days off, the rest, the vacations that we take, there's nothing wrong with those things per se. They become wrong when those things, uh, we take them as an, as an alternative of source of rest compared to taking rest upon the Lord. And we put these things, we put the weekend and the fun behind the weekend as more important than us following God and obeying Him. So hopefully it'll make sense to you because I, I see some confused uh, looks right now. But you know what? I'm, I'm there with you. I'm confused too. <laughs> so please pray for me as we tackle this. But before we tackle that weekend part, I want us to be reminded of these couple things here. The greatest commandment, Matthew 22, 37 to 40, Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Second, equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So I know I only have the first one here. Because I want us to be 
to be reminded of the first and most important commandment is to love God with our entire being. Correct? Uh, especially us believers, we are compelled to do this because of His love that has given upon us, showered us. Brother Richard mentioned it earlier, right? The horrible way that Christ died on the cross to pay for your sins and mine so that we can be with Him. So our entire being, we're supposed to love Him with our entire being. And then, just a reminder again, this is the Ten Commandments. I know that the Ten Commandments is for us to be, it was to show the people that we cannot make it to heaven. Right? Because we break these things every day. But this is the first commandment. It, it reads in Exodus 20. I am the ver first verse says, Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Do not have other gods besides me. Do not make an idol for yourself whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or in the earth below or in the waters under the earth. Do not bow in worship to them. Do not serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. See, this is, these are the things that we have as a culture, even believers have forgotten. That our God is a jealous God. And we have we we made we were made to think that all these other good things that we're doing in our lives god understands if we put these good things above him because god knows but does i mean does it matter what he knows or does it matter what we already know that he told us or what he has told us these are the commandments he told us he told the people then and he tells us now to not have any other gods before Him. So that includes, if we put our children before Him, if we put our careers before Him, if we put the weekend before Him, the source of our fun, because, you know, it's a re it's, our week is just so redundant. It's so boring, right? And then we can't wait to go to San Diego on Saturday. Only for us to come back on Monday and then we say the dreaded words back to reality on a Monday. Right? Don't we, when, when we have that mentality, when we have that, that, that kind of attitude in our hearts, don't we make the weekends an idol? Because it becomes like such a great source of joy and happiness and everything behind the fun. And then last reminder is in the fall in the garden remember the fall in the garden man i forgot to click my timer all right <laughs> the fall in the garden this is how the enemy works the enemy says now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the lord had made he said to the woman did god really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden that's what the enemy is good at to cast doubts He's good to make us think. Think about it. Did God really say having fun in the weekend is wrong? Forget what this joker is saying up there. It's okay. God understands. If you put the weekend and fun on top of you following and obeying Him. Forget what He's saying. 
And then the woman said to the serpent, we may not eat from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat from the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it. That's the error, right? Or you will die. First error, supposedly. <laughs> Second error was by eating it completely. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Right there. Again. This is what the enemy is good at. He makes us think that God is actually trying. He's, he's against us having fun. God is against you having fun. God wants Christians to be the most boring people in the planet. Don't laugh at church. That's wrong. Don't dress a certain way. Don't be doing this. Oh, God is such a boring person. He's such a boring God. He wants you to be bored. He wants you to be poor. He, that's, what the, that's what the God of the Bible is saying. Don't follow him. And we know the rest of the story, right? They fell. And then look at the last verse there. Then the eyes of both of them were open. And they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The chapter before this, they were naked and anything, anything was wrong with it. It was pure. It was pure, folks. God wants us to have fun. He wants us to live this life in the, in, in the best way that we can. But God doesn't want us to enjoy this life over Him. He, he, he blesses us. He blesses with the health that we have. He blesses us with the children, the family, the fellowship. He gives us all of that. He's the one that gave us that. But He doesn't want us to enjoy the blessing more than Him as the blesser. It counts with the weekend too. Some people worship weekend like it's no other. Right? Or fun, having fun. So now on to our topic. That's our intro. <laughs> That's our intro. Ecclesiastes 7, 2-4, it reads, Better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies. So the living should take this to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for sadness has a refining influence on us. A wise person thinks a lot about death, while a fool thinks only about having a good time. Now think about this for a minute. This is counter-cultural thinking. Everything that this world, the society, this culture teaches us and tells us what is fun is actually against what God tells us. There is more wisdom to be picked up in a funeral. Why, you ask? Why? Because that should make you think, number one, do I have my will in place? <laughs> On a practical note. And then the other thing is like, man, am I ready to die? Because it's not a matter of, I'm never going to die. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. When you die, are you ready to meet your maker? For believers, we're proud to say, yes, I am. And praise God for that. Because it's not about our righteousness, right, God? It, it, it's, it's Christ's righteousness that covers us. We are in Christ's righteousness. And He sees that. And we praise God for that. Amen? But then in a funeral, and then you hear people talk about that person. You should be thinking, what would people say about me when I go? Will my children say the same thing as, 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 as this guy is talking about his mom? 
That should, when, when we think of that, when we start asking those questions, it makes us realize and think how to spend the remaining days, correct? So there's more wisdom there compared to a party because everybody knows how to be, how to be in a party, right? You just need to be what? What's, what's in a party now? I'm always in a children's party nowadays. No, in a party, it's easy. In a children's, in, in any party, you just laugh, right? Everybody's talking about the shallowness of life. Man, how about them Niners, huh? What about them? They haven't been winning. I know, isn't that funny? Right? It's like we talk about the shallowness of life. And, and it's just, it's easy to be happy. There's no thinking. Right? Because everybody wants to be happy. That's why somehow the weekend is an escape of the reality that we live in. The, the, the vacation. The vacation, oh man, I know people. I know people. I'm, I, I know people when they're going, to go, they're going to the Philippines, oh, they make preparations. Right? Just like everybody when you're going to go on a trip, you make preparations. For some, a year preparation. You know how much they're dedicated for that? They're going to be dedicated to that to a point that they're going to work two jobs so that they can afford the vacation, right? Because there's, there's, there's planning behind the trip. There's planning behind the weekend. Even, the, uh, even on the weekend, a short vacation, there's planning behind it. You're going to call the hotel. You're going to set up your itinerary. There's, there, you mind it. You think about it. But then when it comes to God... I mean, your flight, right, folks? I'm going to look around. I'm not, it's not you, okay? Not you. <laughs> On your trip to the Philippines or somewhere in Hawaii, are you going to be late to your flight? The answer there is no way, Pastor. Am I stupid or something? Not going to be late. But when it comes to church, when it comes to church, why is it for some odd reason be saved by grace. <laughs> and I celebrate with you. I celebrate with you. It is, it is, we are saved by grace. But doesn't that put, shouldn't that challenge us for a minute? Shouldn't that, shouldn't that challenge us? But why shouldn't we ask ourselves, why is it when it comes to my trips for my weekend, I think about it. I plan about, I plan on it and I'm on time for everything and I'm excited about everything. But why is it when it comes to God, I drag my, my feet. I'm not excited. It's a burden. So now folks, is having fun and looking forward for the weekend, going on that trip, all of a sudden, doesn't it look like an idol? Doesn't it look like an idol now? Again, in this series that we're, we're doing is we're trying to communicate to you that the enemy and his cronies have propagated our culture, our society, with all these lies and these traps that we easily fall into thinking that they are good things, but which actually are the ones that are taking us away from a greater thing, which is fellowship with God, God himself. When the disciples told Jesus, they said, Lord, even the, dev even the demons submitted to us. Even the demons submitted to us. They were so happy about it. And what did Jesus say? Don't celebrate that more so than celebrating that your names are written in the book of life. Christians, believers, 
Why are we not celebrating that with the same excitement if you're going to go home to the Philippines, if you're going to go to Hawaii, you're going to, you have this great weekend planned. Why are we not celebrating that thought? That our names are written in heaven and no one can take that away from us. Why is it that way? Because the enemy is busy, right? The enemy is busy. We are on a full court press. No basketball, right? Full court press, the defense starts in the baseline. You're not even getting the ball out and they're already all over your face. And, and there's, you only have five seconds to pass the ball. But for some people, for some believers, we're so naive that we're in the battle. Like, that's it. I'm going to go to church. And then I'll walk out. And then, and then just like in school. <laughs> I'm going to say this, but this is not to offend the other, other cultures here. In the in Filipino culture, when our children come home from school, we don't ask them, did you have fun? We don't ask them that. This is our question. Did you learn anything? How's your grades? Did you learn anything? My counterparts, and then my son tells me this, Dad, you know, my friends, they're always asked, did you have fun? How come you don't ask me if I had fun in school? Because <laughs> you don't go to school to have fun. Do you come to church to have fun? For some people, they do, right? Oh, church was fun today. <laughs> if we make it if, it, if you had fun, great. But hopefully more than anything, you learned something. Because you come to church to learn about the truth of God. And we say the truth of God with, 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 with truth and love. Amen? All right. Next, I have two quotes here. And if you give me a minute, I'll explain why we use them. <laughs> Vladimir Lenin. Lenin. He said, give me just one generation of youth and I'll transform the whole world. This is the founder of the USSR. And was responsible for communism to start there in Russia. He said, he was quoted to, to say, socialism is communism. He was a close student of the teachings of, of Marx. To a point that they have Marxism and Leninism. And Andrew Fletcher, a political guy, he says, let me make the songs of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws. Let me make the songs of a nation, and I, and I care not who makes its laws. Why? Because music has a lot of influence behind the society and the culture. You listen to what the, the children are listening now, that is basically the culture or the society. For us... Parents who are naive, we're stuck in the 80s or 90s, and we think we're still living in the very, ooh, it's still a safe place. You listen to your children's music, and that's the society they're living in. They're talking about cocaine, they're talking about parties, they're talking about sex left and right. That's the society. That's music. And then Lenin's, Lenin's here, he said, just give me one generation, and I will transform the whole world. Folks, is the world in a much better shape 10 years ago compared to 10 years ago? The answer is no. The answer is no. 
It's getting worse and worse by the day. It's getting worse and worse by the day because of the influences of the world. That's why we said the devil is busy. And you know who's failing here? Us believers. We're failing. Because we are the ones who know the truth. We are the ones who are equipped. We are the ones that are supposed to be the salt and light of the world. But we ourselves are falling into these traps. These traps of the enemy. Oh yeah, weekends. I'm a Christian. God has blessed me so much. Let's go on the weekend. And then we go out on the weekend with our children. We're having fun. We're saying, we praise God. You know, God bless mom and dad. We know with, with keeping us married all these years, even though we went through trouble. And then our children, our son will say, are we going to church on Sunday? No, not this Sunday. This is the weekend. This is our trip. Sounds so legalistic, right? Sounds like a preacher, like a joker preacher. Saved by grace. What are you talking about? We're saved by grace. Yeah, we are saved by grace. But the, why can't, as much as you're happy in that, that vacation, why can't you take the time, the time and show your children because you gave the testimony. You're still married to their mom because God has blessed you. Why not go to church as part of your trip? We go to the Philippines, we say, oh man, God is blessed with this trip, man, it's a big bill, but you know, God has seen us through. You were there four weeks and you didn't go to church four Sundays. But you're there telling everybody, oh, you know, God is good. God protected me in America. God, you know, I'm part of the, ch the church there. We love Jesus. We're supposed to make him known. We're to be know Christ, to become like him, to make him known. Are we going to church this Sunday? Now let's go to Barakai. Let's go to the beach. I only have two weeks. Now, I, I, I mentioned music here because this is, <laughs> there's actually a lot of popular weekend songs. So I only went with three. So I'm going to try not to embarrass myself and try not to sing along, okay? <laughs> this is uh, CeeLo Green. I've been living for the weekend, but no, not anymore. Because here comes that familiar feeling that Friday's famous for. Yeah, I'm looking for some action, and it's out there somewhere. I, you can feel the electricity all in the evening air. Now, Friday is cool, but there's something about Saturday night. You can't say what you won't do because you know that you just might. I'm alive this evening. It was love at first sight this Saturday and every Saturday for the rest of my life. And everyone's standing in line. Yeah, looking good and looking for a real good time. So I'll never have to wonder it. And here's the other, other song. Here comes the weekend from by Pink and Eminem. Here comes, here comes the weekend. Hear it calling like a siren. We don't want no problems. We don't like them. Keep on moving. Here comes the weekend. Set off your sirens. I just want to play big city holiday. So get out of my way if you know what's better for you and this is a weekend song by Billy Joel this back breaking bone shaking belly aching hard working two more hours to go yes yes it's keeping me alive doing nine to five and I ain't got nothing to show pretty soon I'll be leaving with the wages I'm receiving but I know it's gonna be all right come on babe and take me away we got some money to spend tonight
And lastly, Lookout Weekend by Debbie Deb. The chorus says, Jumping music, swift DJs, smoke machines, and laser rays. Lookout Weekend, because here I come, because weekends were made for fun. Yeah, some people are like, man, I, I don't go out anymore. I can barely get out of my bed, right? But you know what I mean, right? Weekend consists of parties, trips, the good times, TGIF posts. Throughout the week, we look forward for the weekend. And it is, for some, the only thing that gets them going through the week. How is that not an idol? If the only thing that you can draw strength from in your drudgery week is the looking forward for that weekend, looking forward for that trip, the only reason why I can still bear America is because it can afford my trips. <laughs> I'll be at church this Sunday, but three Sundays from now, I won't be because I'm going on a trip again. But I love God. I praise Him. I got a tattoo with his name on it. <laughs> First point. <laughs> Christ brings new life. Romans 12, 1 to 2 and 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Romans 12, 1 to 2 tells us that to continue to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So if the music that you're listening to, now I'm going to sound really legalistic. The music that you listen to are all worldly. What do you think you're singing in your mind when it comes Wednesday and Thursday, Friday, right? What's getting you going? Music is so powerful. It's so powerful. It brings memories, correct? When you hear a song, you're like, oh, man, this was back in, the 90, in 97, the summer of 97. Yes, I remember. And then you go down deeper like, oh, gosh, why did I even remember that? Music is so powerful. So if you're listening to secular music, don't you think you're being influenced in a different way? It goes into your subconscious mind and you're living in a certain way that is probably more than likely against God's will. And then you look at the 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. How are you feeding the new you? How are you helping and equipping the new creation in you, your new self. What's influencing you? Because we already know that the secular world and the enemy knows that he, they can influence you by the music that you watch, uh, music that you hear, you listen to, the movies that you watch. And they know that you give them six days in a week and you rarely, barely, sometimes, seldom give them, give the Lord your Sunday. That's why I said the culture, the society, the world has been, has been going down. And largely because the church of God isn't doing our job. We are not doing our job, folks. I know the Bible says it's going to get worse and worse. But we are supposed to... Be the salt and light of this world. So on the weekend, are we celebrating the weekend like the world is celebrating the weekend? 
on our trips? Are we celebrating God in our trips differently than the, our worldly friends are celebrating those trips? Folks, you're not just a Christian here in this church. You're just, your Christianity doesn't end, begin and end here in these four walls. Your Christianity, this is like the locker room. It doesn't smell the same. Praise God for that. Especially a boys' locker room. But this is our locker room. This is where we, we, we talk about things. This is how we, we, we motivate each other. Because the game is out there. Yes, we praise God here. We worship Him here. We learn about Him here. And then we go out there and we proclaim Him. Not just by our words, but how we live. Next point. Please, there you go. Second point, new life lived for Christ. Philippians 1.21 For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul, the tail end of his life, he says, for me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Now, folks, you, while you're sitting there, fill it in, okay? For me, thinking about you, to live is blank. For me, to live is the weekend. And I tell you, your next part, your next part, you will say to die is game. Because if you love the weekend way too much, you probably don't want to die yet. Right? I'm just having so much fun right now. For me, to live is party. Party. E, 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 e. And then we go, Wink, 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 wink. So it's so Christianese, right? <laughs> we put our Christianese symbols, cross, love. But really, our life is about party. For me to live is my children. You put it there. For me to live is my children. You won't say and to die is gay. You won't say that. Because you, wanna, you still want to be with them. And you probably want to see your grandchildren. For me to live is to be successful. Again, to die is not your gain. So what is it for you? Sorry. <laughs> for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You can't say the last part. If Christ isn't on the first one. Philippians 1, 20 to 24. To read the whole text of it. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed. But will have sufficient courage. So that as always Christ will be exalted in my body. Whether by life or by death. For me... To live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I don't know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Selfishly, he wants to go to heaven. But he knows that there's more work to do. 
He says here, I eagerly expect. Do you eagerly expect to be used by God? Are you so eager? Are you preparing to be used by God on a Sunday after Sunday? You're like, oh man, I wonder how God's going to use me tomorrow. Oh man, you roll up your sleeves and say, oh Lord, I got to brush up on my verses. I got, I got pumped. You spoke to me, Lord. I'm waiting. Are you that eager? Or you just say, well, that was boring. He used the same message. He said the same thing. That's why I only go to church once a month. Because Pastor Joe has nothing new to say. I mean, is Christianity, is there new? Is there anything new that we can really say? Is there anything new? Is there anything new that you're hearing? Not really. It's been said from Pastor Julius and from the other pastors that you have met throughout your life. The question is, so you already know it, why are you not living it? Now that's such a heavy burden, right, for us to care. Like, oh gosh, man, that's such a heavy yoke. That's, what, that's our first mistake. Or we're trying to carry there. What did, what did Jesus say? Come to me, all of you are heav heavily laden. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, and I will give you rest. The true rest for a believer is on Jesus Christ. It's not the weekend. It's not the trip. Those are blessings. Those are icing on the cake. But it's not the cake. It's the icing. The cake is Jesus. The main event, the main thing is Jesus. Yet we miss it. Why are we not eager to be used by Him? Why are we not looking forward to it? When, they, when we say, hey, you know, there's, there's a thing to do here for the, for, for the Lord. How come we don't face it as if it's a Manny Pacquiao fight for my Filipino family here? Manny Pacquiao fight. We do everything to make sure we watch the fight. We were at camp, right? For those of you who went camping, we were at camp for crying out loud, but we watched the Manny Pacquiao fight. We made sure we got to watch the Manny Pacquiao fight. But how come if it's for God, there's like a lot of reasons behind it. We line up for uh, the Black Thursday or Black Friday. We line up for we line up for Star Wars. We line up for Marvel movies. We get excited about sales at Macy's or Dillard's, about material things, but we don't get excited to be used by God. We don't look forward to. It. We don't make preparation for it. We get excited to go on a trip and we make preparations. Oh boys, for some of you, your boxes are packed like weeks before your flight, right? Your bags are packed and you're ready to go. And when it comes to God, when it comes to God, oh my gosh. I don't know if I can make it, Joe. What time is it? Five o'clock? I got some oil change to do. Maybe I'll be there. I'll try my best. Pray for me. <laughs> Lord willing, I'll make it to church. But let me ask you, for those of you who, who, who drag yourself to church? Who gave you the strength for your work that you're going to go to tomorrow? 
Who gave you that work? Who gave you that job? Who gave you that business? For, 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 for the moms who are the busiest, who, who gave you those children that you're so excited to prepare to go to school? Who gave you them? But yet we drag our feet to worship Him? We don't live our lives. If we say our new life, we have a new life in Christ, it needs to be lived for Him. We need to be living for Him. It needs to be spent for Him. Last point. Uh, is this the last one? All right, Philippians. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for Him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Conduct, conduct yourselves worthy in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So we need to be living our lives worthy of the name we claim. We call ourselves Christian, little Christ, right? We call ourselves Christians, little Christ. So we need to be living like Jesus. Wait a minute, Joe, wait a minute. But you said it's saved by grace. Yes, you're saved by grace. You are now free from the powers of sin. You are now free to live for Christ. You're in, he didn't save you so you can continue to sin. So you can continue to indulge yourself in this world and not mind Him. Oh yeah, when I have time, I'll serve God. When I turn 62, I'll take an early retirement, then I'll serve God. In the Philippines where I'm comfortable. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's something, there's a miss there. Because if you read your Bible, you know what God wants from you, correct? Okay, three people. That's good. <laughs> That's good enough. Why is it that we don't do it? If God said it, do we, do we doubt Him? Well, I know He said it, but I don't feel like doing it. So all of a sudden, us, the creation, we argue with the creator, right? Without saying it, but how we live. This is, if you disobey God from something very clear, this is what you're saying. Well, I know you said that, Lord. But you know what? I don't think you really know that it's 2019 now. That the weekends, the weekends matter. And in the weekends, that's when I really find rest. The having fun really is the purpose of my life, Lord. So you probably don't know that because, you know, you dealt with Moses and them. But now it's a different society, Lord. These, this, right? It's so ridiculous. 
this is how we, something very objective. We argue, our foundation of our morals, we argue with something very objective, which is God's word, to something very subjective, which is our feeling. Because we say, all of a sudden, now we're, we, we, we're, we're the ones who set the bar. Lord, I don't feel like doing that anymore. So I don't think I will follow what you're saying. That's what's been happening with the Church of Christ, which is a sad thing. If we know God said something to us, which is to love Him above all else, with all our might, above everyone else and anything else and anyone else, then we should live like that. We just don't say it. We live like that. This is a quote from C.S. Lewis. I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. Because by it I see everything else. God's word, Jesus Christ, illuminates the world that we're living in. Don't you agree? We see the nonsense of life. Just like Solomon, when he wrote Ecclesiastes, he said everything, meaningless, meaningless, vanity of vanities, everything is meaningless. We should be able to see it because the Word of God is the lamp under our feet. So maybe, ask yourself, maybe you don't really believe God's Word. You say, no, 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 I believe it. I know. But there's a struggle, right? But then believe too that God said, Jesus said through Paul, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do what? Obey Him. I can obey Him with the strength that He gives me. The weekend for the single people here, the weekend consists of, of that adultery, right? Sex outside marriage. It's in there. Drunkenness. It's in there. Drugs, it's in there. It's there, right? So what, how can you battle that? You battle that by resting on God. And Jesus said, come to me. And Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Live your life to the fullest. Now, God is not the, a boring God. That's what the enemy wants us to believe. This is what the world wants us to believe. Oh, you're a Christian now? You're a bored again Christian? Right? You're a bored again? You're going to go to your church again? What are you doing there three times a week? Jesus wants us to live our life to the fullest. Look, a thief comes only to rob, kill, and destroy. I came so that everyone would have life and have it in its fullest, now and forevermore. Now and forevermore. The enemy, <laughs> that's his job. That he will rob, kill, and destroy you. That's his job. Then he laughs. Then he's laughing. And then he puts your hind. He cuts you up and puts you like his trophy in his, his trophy room. 
And that's your butt right there. That's Joe. See, he fell. <laughs> I have his head. I have his behind. He fell for my trap. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Speaking to the woman in the well, by the well. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Folks, Jesus, if you say Jesus is your Lord, then your life must reflect that. Then and only then will you truly experience a life that is to the full, to the brim, full of joy, even though there's suffering. It's not the weekend that you're trying to chase. There's no weekend that can compare a life full with Jesus. There's no trip that you can go to. There's no destination here on earth that can bring you that joy that you're looking for, that that joy that doesn't end. Only Jesus. You can have that in a deathbed, in your deathbed. You know, when, when, I've, when I've done those, those deathbed, I've experienced those deathbed um, conversions. All these people, the one thing they have is regret. And they say, if I only had in more time to live for Him, I'd take it. But they say, but still, praise God that I'm now going to meet Him. Everybody will die. And there's no weekend that will help you. There's no trip that will help you. So why do we treat the weekend as if it's a God? How can we treat those trips, those bucket lists, as more important than following God? The enemy robs us of our true joy because he can't take our salvation away, but he can rob us of our joy. He has lied and continues to lie because he's the father of lies. Don't believe his lies, folks. Our purpose in life as God originally created man is, number one, to glorify Him and enjoy fellowship with Him. Number two, have good fellowship and relationships with others. Number three, it's to work. And number four, have dominion over the earth. But when man's fall into sin... Fellowship with God is broken. Relationships with others are strained. Work seems to be always be frustrating. And man struggles to maintain any semblance of dominion over nature. Only by restoring fellowship with God through faith in Jesus Christ can purpose in life be rediscovered. The purpose of man is to glorify God. And enjoy Him forever. The purpose of man. You can put your name in there. The purpose of Romel is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. We glorify God by fearing and obeying Him. Keeping our eyes on our future home in heaven. 
and knowing Him intimately. We enjoy God by following His purpose for our lives, which enables us to experience true and lasting joy. The abundant life that He desires for us. That is the truth. I hope that you have received God's blessing tonight. I hope that if you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and accepted His gift of grace and forgiveness for your sins, I hope that this will be the evening that you will do so. And I pray that if you, like me, a fellow believer, from time to time that we do fall into the traps of the enemy, of the world that's out there, I hope that you understand that God desires for us to rest on Him. And He will be the one to strengthen us and give us that victory. To live this impossible life we call Christian life. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your message this evening. I thank you for your people here tonight, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you bless them. I pray that the truth of your word, Lord God, will continue to resonate in their minds and in their hearts, Lord God. And I pray, Father God, that you will just, just enable them, Father, for those who, who sincerely want to obey you yet fail, Lord, I pray that you just continue to encourage them to continue to rest upon you. And I pray, Lord God, for those who still have to make that decision to live their lives for you, Lord God. I pray that you constantly remind them, Lord God, as you constantly knock on their, the, heart, the door of their hearts, Lord God. I pray for humility for them that sooner, Lord God, sooner than later, Lord, they will live for you. And Lord, I pray for those lost souls that you brought here this evening. I pray, Lord God, that this will be the night that they will accept you as their Lord. We love you, Father.